2: Hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty nice Tradecast Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Bet Online, and Blue Chew. All right, uh, we are in rookie draft full swing. Rookie drafts, rookie auctions, all those fun things are happening, and that means that we're in your ears talking rookie talk. Uh, last week we talked about uh, the first round of ADP, basically. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some, some more rookie stuff, a little bit different. And of course, we're welcomed uh, by my co-host, uh, Dan Sano. How's, how's it going, day, Dan?
3: It's good. It's good. We are certainly in the uh, in the midst of the rookie chaos. I know some people hold off for a while for rookie drafts, which I don't really understand. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, a little bit of, of rookie fever, a little rookie chaos. We've seen a lot of... Kind of crazy trades. A lot of people um, shifting their entire roster to try to get their hand a little deeper into the cookie jar. So it's uh, it's a good time. We finally have a little action in our lives as we uh, remain quarantined or whatever, stay at, stayed at home, and it's uh, it's nice to to have some action, to have it back in our lives. Trades happening, people timing out during drafts it's just you know it's dynasty season
2: yeah dan just imagine what like late june early July is gonna be like when we still don't have sports (laughs) and we don't have any drafts happening
3: (laughs) at that point i will be trading to trade and i will make a lot of really bad trades and then my rosters will all look awful because i have zero patience
2: Yes, patience is important in the game of Dynasty, and it's also important to get your RotoViz subscription. Uh, you can do that by if you listen to the RotoViz overtime, you're aware that Sean and Comb are hitting their 100th episode this week. To mark the occasion, the RotoViz Radio Podcast Network is giving away 10 one month subscriptions to RotoViz.com. If you already subscribed, we will add it to your subscription, and if you aren't signed up, you will get a, get a one month subscription. All you have to do is rate and review the podcast on your podcast app or retweet a podcast tweet on the Rotoviz Radio Twitter feed. More retweets equals more entries. As a reminder, Rhodoviz Radio listeners can receive a 10% off a one year Rhodoviz subscription by applying the discount code 2020RV Radio at checkout. Once again, that's 2020 RV Radio for a one year subscription, 10% off. Now let's get into the show. We will start today's show with the man that we skipped, the man that we were talking ADP last week of one quarterback leagues, and he was the 112. We're like, you know what? We're not talking about a quarterback going 112 because that is just bananas. (laughs) So what we will talk about, and I think that we're going to talk quarterbacks to start the show, and we're talking about the Superflex frame. Now, Joe Burrow, he's my 101 in Superflex. I think he's many people's 101 in Superflex. But I have seen a lot more than I expected of C.E.H. at 101, Jonathan Taylor at 101 in superflex leagues that I just don't get it. I, I think Burrow is the safer asset as a prospect going number one overall, the production he had, you know, in his final season at LSU. I don't really see how you go anywhere but, but Burrow at 101. And if you do, maybe go Tua.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen a surprising amount of Burrow, Burrow at two and, and Tua at four. Uh, you're getting CEH and Taylor peppered in at one and three. So I think if you're in a super flex league, having the top four for sure is the honey hole. But honestly, anywhere up to like 10, you're still getting one of the one of the high-end guys. But yeah, we did skip Burrow. Uh, I, I think he's probably got to be the 101 just because of perceived value. Even if you don't think he's truly the 101, you could probably flip him for more than you're going to be able to flip C H four, for instance, Uh, even though the hype there is pretty incredible at this point. Yeah, Burrow going to Cincinnati. We kind of we we chatted a little bit about it post draft, but you know it's it's a it's a nice landing spot. They added a weapon in T Higgins, who we talked about last week. They still have Joe Mixon, Giovanni bernard's still there, even though he's kind of an afterthought at this point. You have Tyler Boyd. You have you know A J Green, who knows what he has left in the tank. He (laughs) <laughs> who knows if he wants to be in Cincinnati at this point. Uh, but certainly getting Burrow there should help the morale. And that offensive line should be a million times better. Hopefully this is a trend moving forward. They, they're able to continue to build around him. But that offense is, for the most part, set. Uh, they've got basically what they need to compete. It's going to be that getting that defense going. So for now, it's hard to not say Burrow is one-on-one because the defense is still absolutely trash. And they're probably going to be throwing a lot. That probably means you throwing more to be throwing more, ince- more interceptions than you'd like. But unless it's like a minus two or minus four interception league, if you can roster Jameis at any point, you should love rostering Burrow. So, yeah, definitely my 101. But, again, even if you don't like him, uh, you can take him and flip him because quarterbacks are uh, they're worth just their weight in gold, honestly.
2: Or more importantly, if you don't want Burrow and you have 101, I would trade the 101. 100%. Because- because you're still giving the person trading them the option to take CEH or Burrow. I, so I think if you're making that move, it does make sense to to make the move before you make the selection, uh, as long as you can get fair value for it. But that's not a pick I'd be looking to trade right now, unless I'm getting, like, two picks in the next, like, you know, six to seven picks,
1: essentially.
3: Yeah, I'd want two in the top seven. So i I'd want, like, 102 or 103, and then I think 107 at the latest to move 101. Just because you're guaranteed your pick, even though you're basically going to be able to get whoever you want at those two picks, anyways.
2: Yeah, because in in Superflex, this this the the most popular like tiers will be uh one one and two is uh Bur- I mean one two three is Burrow C H Taylor, and then you have the rest of the running backs. Then you have uh, or well, no Burrow, yeah I said that right Burrow to uh, C H Taylor those first four. Then you have the rest of the running backs the two wide receivers and Herbert. And that rounds out a pretty deep top 10
3: in the first round. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and and you mentioned Tua. I think we can we can kind of shift there. I, I think he's got the highest ceiling of genuinely anyone in the draft because if he hits and he plays the way he did pre-injury, I mean, he's going to be a game changer. He's very easily going to be a QB1. He'll be in that Kyler Murray zone. He could even move up and, and challenge Dak or challenge Lamar Jackson if if he gets to where he was and continues to kind of trend upwards. He's, he's got all of the tools. Miami is doing things right, it seems. They're really trying to turn that franchise around. They're building. He does still have some decent weapons, even though they didn't really invest a whole lot, I mean, really at all. They did bring in uh, Matt Breida. But they do still have Devontae Parker, who they reinvested in. They still have uh, Preston Williams, who unfortunately got injured last year, but put in a strong 2019 pre-injury. Uh, you've got Mike Kosecki, who, you know, we're, we're nearing breakout age. We're nearing breakout year. So that's, that's another thing to look forward to. And it's going to be a team that's continued to build. Two is more the patient pick, but really high ceiling. He may may not be fully 100% ready to go for, for the season, assuming we have one. But there's the ceiling, man. At that point, it's it's still a decently high floor, unless you genuinely think that the hip's not all right. But I think we had that question answered already by him going to Miami right there, and and not they're not waiting, him not falling down the board like a lot of the other quarterbacks did that maybe some people were high on. So... Yeah, Tua, honestly, it's hard not to take Tua at one or two, but I understand the, you know, the everyone chasing those running back points with CEH and Taylor.
2: Yeah, and as everyone knows, I use uh, adjusted yards per attempt as the number one marker for uh, a college prospect, and Tua has the third best season ever at 11.3, I mean 11.2 in 2018, and he, 11 point, he had 11.3 in 2019. Obviously, he didn't play enough games to qualify, you know, only playing nine games. But he's one of the most prolific passers in college football history. And it's not even close. Like, if you look at Tua as a college football player and Herbert as a college football player. Not that anyone is really valuing those two players as the same. But it's just such a wide gap between Tua and, and the rest of the pack here. And I... I think that it's still within his range of outcomes to be better than Burrow. You know, he was more successful at an early age than Burrow was. And that the real only real reason in my mind that Burrow's going ahead is the hip and the, the hip concerns are beginning to dwindle as more things come out. And, you know, as soon as he's playing NFL games, we'll be able to see, and who knows if that'll be in 20, 2020, but we'll be able to see up oh, this guy's playing games. Like his, his price is slightly deflated by the fact that he hasn't played a game. As soon as he plays a game, his price is going to skyrocket.
3: Oh, for sure. And, and you talk about the kind of the historical value of what Tua did in his career and go back to Burrow being the 101 because of a historic season. So one guy did it over time. One guy did it over 14 games or 13 games, whatever it was. Um, so, it, yeah, there's there's still something in the back of your mind with Burrow that's maybe... Well, I mean, one hit wonder. But, I mean, he was so good that it's hard to even really think that. But it's a little bit there. The only worry I have with Tua is the injury. I think he's the real deal. I think he's absolutely locked in as a QB1. And,
2: and the Dolphins are a great situation right now.
3: And it's only getting better. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. they could use some some high-profile you know, assets, pass catchers around them. But it's not like they have the Jets pass catchers. They're they're in an okay position there.
2: For sure. And I'm sure they have plenty of cap space if they wanted to go out and get a wire receiver next year.
3: Oh, yeah. They'll be able to do whatever they want. They, they may even do something once, once Tua is 100% ready to go. They may go and look at someone like an A.J. Green or, you know, maybe try to open the trade talks on like a Julio just to see if they can get one of those high-end elite guys That's kind of at the end where maybe the price won't be insane that a team may be okay moving off of because maybe they're going to start a rebuild or or they need to get them off the cap space or whatever it is or josh gordon (laughs) Ooh, now there's one he would do well in miami (laughs) there you
2: go and there's no more drug tests so uh (laughs) let's move on to the next quarterback and this Sadly, I, I love our boy, Jordan Love. I'm not sure if he's our boy. I, I love Jordan Love. But I like Jordan Love. I, we like Jordan Love. Jordan Love podcast here. But the landing spot, as we'll talk about, doesn't provide any opportunity anytime soon. So uh, the clear drop off, another clear drop off after Herbert here. So Herbert, uh, I, I like the landing spot in Los Angeles. You know, you got some weapons around him. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen. And I think he's in position to start early. I think that Taylor, Tyra Taylor, doesn't start more than a game or two. Herbert ends up starting very early in the season and ends up being a franchise quarterback. So some people have said he's, you know, a lower end guy, but I think that he has, you know, top ten, top fifteen, you know, dynasty quarterback upside.
3: Yeah, and it's not like he's throwing to nobodies. You know, we mentioned Miami having mediocre pass catchers. You go into L.A., the Chargers, not the Rams, and all of a sudden you have Keenan Allen, one of the best in the game, Mike Williams, a great down-the-field threat, Hunter Henry, one of the better, if not top, you know, four, five, six tight ends in the game, and a solid Austin Eckler, the line questionable, but Phillip Rivers existed, and he's got cinder blocks on his feet, so... I think I think Herbert probably. I mean, the landing spot is is basically everything. Obviously, getting drafted as early as he did, going six to the Chargers, that's massive. If you believe in prototypes, you know he's the old prototype. He's six six two thirty or whatever he whatever he is. No glaring red flags, you know. It's and he's again at a decent price because of the quality of this draft. So if you're sitting at 9, 10, 11, sometimes even 12, depending on the draft, you're going to have a real chance to get Herbert. If you need a quarterback, that's a great spot to get it. His price, I think, is only going to go up. Quarterback pricing in Superflex and 2QB leagues is absolutely insane. And the best time to get them is during drafts, whether it's startup or rookie, because that's as cheap as they're probably going to be, assuming they hit even a little bit. I just, yeah, I mean Herbert, Herbert in that late first and superflex is is really really nice spot.
2: Yeah, I got him at one twelve in a superflex, uh, and that's easy money. And I, I think that you can make the argument for passing on him up, up until ten with that top tier. And I think that's more of just your preferences between Lamb, Judy, Acres, and. uh Dobbins, I guess, would be the last running back for me. But yeah, they're very, very tight tier in that you know four to ten range, and Herbert's in it. Uh, I would take Herbert, you know, easily over Ruggs. But yeah, so we're, we're good with Herbert. I think he's a solid guy in that, in that late end of first round of rookie of super flex rookie drafts. Before we talk about uh, the final two quarterbacks, we'll talk about for today. Uh, we'll tear a word from our good friends over at Pet
3: Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, like normal, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Nathan, we should probably work that a new episode at some point. All open twenty-four hours Dudes. a day. <laughs> Hashtag Dynasty Dudes. All of that is open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online. Your online wagering solution.
2: All right, let's move into this next tier of quarterbacks, and we'll start with the guy who was drafted in the first round. Uh, Not surprising that he went in the first round, surprising at at his landing spot. Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers traded up to select Jordan Love. Now, they've done this before. They've done this before, trading up for a quarterback to be the successor of their 37-year-old quarterback. Uh, But that quarterback was always in retirement talks. Aaron Rodgers not hinted or sniffed at, at retirement once. So that was surprising. To see Jordan Love land there. Now, uh, I will say from a dynasty perspective, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't love it in terms of the fact that I'm going to be playing the waiting game and I have several Jordan Love shares. I love it in the fact that Jordan Love is way too cheap right now. Uh, Jordan Love is going in that 205 to 207 range in Superflex. That is far too late for any first-round quarterback to be going in. What say you, Dan?
3: Well, we I, I like to work a lot off of historical data. And our good friend Russell Clay is very good at posting that on the Twitters. Uh, so historically getting drafted around where Jordan Love got drafted. Not great. Not, uh, not, not super great. Not a whole lot of superstars coming out of that spot aside from well, a- a- guy, oh, Yeah. Side from the guy <laughs> that he's currently working behind. So, I mean, there's that, but I think Love has tons of upside, not quite the ceiling of Tua. But, I mean, it's there. they got the dual-threat quarterback. Uh, We're starting to see that trend work a little bit more in, obviously, with the huge Lamar Jackson season uh, or seasons. I guess if we want to consider the first one a a massive success, we can. And, you know, Love, I I think it's kind of a bad rap. But for his value right now, because he's going to have to probably wait a minimum of two years, uh, I think 2021, after the 2021 season, is the first time the Packers can get even a little bit away from Rodgers' contract. Because right now his dead cap is like almost 60 million or something, which is insane. They're not moving Aaron Rodgers anytime soon, uh, because I don't think there's any way around it. I, unless I'm misreading that situation, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers for at least two years, and hopefully they can get him back on board with the whole situation. I'm pretty sure he's livid about it because he seems like a pretty normal nice guy uh yeah retiring doesn't seem like something that's happening unless he's retiring from family functions that's probably the only thing why he already did that yeah no I, i mean love like you said you you love it because he's super cheap you just have to be patient and at some point, there'll be whispers of, hey, Rogers is unhappy. Hey, Rogers is this. Rogers is that. Well, you start to see that love price slowly increase. And you really, I mean, Dynasty is a waiting game anyways. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that draft for one, two, three-year windows. But, I mean, if you've got a roster spot, which you absolutely have, because a lot of you are still rostering Jason Witten, and some of you still have Calvin Johnson guys it's over. All right. And,
2: and Dan is rostering Dion Kane, So,
3: Hey, we don't need to go there. That's, that's still sore. So <laughs> she said, um, yeah, uh, I think if you have the patience, hold on, man, because it, it's going to be worth it in the long run. Getting the play behind one of the best ever do it is important. I'm not saying it's everything, but it's important and you can learn a lot. I'm thinking the same thing for Jameis. at mind drew breeze, uh, cause he's booty cheeks, but, Getting to sit with Breeze is important. Look at what it did for Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Yeah. And we'll wrap up the quarterback talk for today with uh, the quarterback drafted in the second round of the draft, Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles. Another one of the more surprising picks in the first two days of the draft, uh, the Eagles drafting a quarterback. Now, while I am uh, excited and enthused by Jordan Love, I went from interested in Jalen Hurts to – I'm pretty much out because yes, his price has dropped a little bit, but his price has probably dropped from early mid second to like late second. And in the late second, I can get other second and third round running backs. I can get other second and third round wide receivers. And I just, I just see more easy routes to playing time and value at those positions than I do with Jalen hurts at quarterback.
3: Yeah, I mean, Howie Roseman's a, it's a great GM. I think he has been scared by not having a good backup since Foles left. Obviously, winning the Super Bowl with Foles, we will never stop hearing about it. Uh, and no matter what you think about Carson Wentz, I mean, the contract kind of has him locked in. Hertz is drafted to be a backup quarterback. They just had to go get him because they're probably still scared of the injury bug, and they think he can plug and play into that offense, which, I mean, Hertz does a lot of things good. He's not exactly what Carson Wentz is, but you add mobility and all of a sudden the offense opens up a little bit because now you have to worry about the quarterback's legs. So I think I think Hertz was drafted specifically to be a backup. That doesn't mean he's a career backup. I just think he was brought in in this situation as insurance. I mean, it's not it's not an indictment on Carson Wentz, even though I'm still not really sure he's great, uh, but they paid him and they're not getting away from that anytime soon. So hurts value wise. I think it's fine uh, because he is only an injury away from all of a sudden starting and who knows for how long, and maybe it's a thing where he starts, he looks good and then they trade him and, you know, get, get a nice return on their investment. So, I don't think he's great. I think he brings that extra dynamic that, again, like we just talked about, is becoming more and more popular. I did once tweet that, uh, quote unquote, Jalen is so bad it hurts. I'm extremely funny in that regard. I think it was actually during the national championship game when he then actually got hurt and then wasn't playing anymore. Uh, so that ended well. Um, yeah. Value, I, I don't... I mean, the value's fine, I think. Uh, I mean, who are who are we really taking over him? Zach Moss? AJ Dillon? Is that those guys? Yes, that's who I'd take over him. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, that becomes a toss-up. Because, again, he's an injury away from being the starter. Yeah.
2: I mean, as we're looking at... And, obviously, we'll, we'll talk through some of the normal 1QB ADP in a little bit. But, as far as, like... like I, I would take him over Bowden. I would take him over McFarland. So I guess the line is really I would take him after Evans, Claypool, Hamler. I, I'd rather have those guys than Hurts than uh, just because I think it's going to be a waiting game for Hurts to any sort of like startability.
3: No, sure. For, uh, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not arguing that. I just Wentz's history, you know, I don't want to say injury prone because we all know how much everyone loves that. But count. Yeah.
2: All right, so before we hop into some second-round ADP, which we're already running long, something that will help you run long is our friends
3: over at Blue Chew. Ooh, nice. Guys, looking to last a little longer, go a few extra rounds, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first-ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free... Yes, free... When you use promo code blue wire, that's B L U E W I R E. Just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's B L U E com promo code blue wire. All righty. Let's
2: run through some one QB second round ADP. So we talked about how T Higgins enter, uh, was the start of the second round. We talked about him last week. And now we're going to start off with a uh, run of wide receivers, four of them. So we'll, we'll talk about a couple of at a time. We have Denzel Mims and Brandon Ayuk. Denzel Mims, late second-round pick to the Jets. Brandon Ayuk, late first-round pick to the 49ers. Uh, obviously, Brandon Ayuk has already been one of my biggest targets of uh, rookie season. I feel like he's probably, in my drafts, has probably has an ADP a little bit lower than this, more like a um, 16th. 17 Granted, it's only a couple spots but i think like i've been getting a little bit of a cheaper price but either way i'm perfectly fine with taking him at this spot at, at 15 overall i think he's a good value here and debo samuel's not and we talked about this before the draft ebo samuel's not your prototypical nfl wide receiver one he is a bit of a slash player he's a guy who's going to get the ball in a number of ways through the air on the ground and i think that Ayuk will will be more of that wide receiver one role and get those wide receiver one targets uh, as he enters. Even it might take a, a few weeks into his rookie season where Debo is the top target, but I think that in the next uh, twelve to twenty-four months, Ayuk ends up ends up being the top target in San Francisco.
3: Yeah, and I mean the draft capital is there. Um, obviously, you get to go to a great NFL coaching staff, great NFL mind in Kyle Shanahan, and I mean you have the the San Francisco. Yackers is what they probably should call them because Ayuk and and Samuel and Kittle, all of the running backs, they're just trying to make life as easy as possible for Jimmy Garoppolo because they're not gonna be running all these intricate routes. <laughs> they're gonna be running intermediate stuff, trying to scheme these guys open and let them do the rest of the work. That's where the talent takes over. That's where the talent wins out. Is just get them the damn ball. They're gonna do it with Debo. I don't think getting Ayuk changes Debo's value really at all. And AX probably going to be right in that same realm. It's just going to depend on how they scheme him, how they use him. Denzel Mims now is, you know, he's a late second guy into a completely dormant room, wide receiver room in in New York. I don't love Mims. Um, I was worried pre-combine, pre-draft, I was going to fall in love with another Baylor wide receiver. I thankfully didn't. I see a, a 50-50 type guy that doesn't catch 50% of the 50 percenters. That's not a good – I don't think that's good math. Uh, he feels to me like if someone cut off Alshon Jeffrey's hands. Does that seem fair? He's got hands like feet. He makes either circus catches or drops the simple ones. Uh, I just – you know, it's fine. He's going to be peppered with targets. He's probably going to look great for a season or two. Uh, and I guess chase volume, if you really want, I just don't think he's cut out for the long term. I don't think he's great. Uh, I, I would much prefer Ayuk, and, and like you said, I think he's going actually later. People have been, have been kind of hoarding those Pittman shares. He's been sliding up and I've been seeing Zach Moscow way too early. I've been seeing AJ Dillon slide up and still actually going after Moss. We'll talk about both those guys in a little bit, but yeah, I, I would probably have Ayuk right there with Higgins. Honestly, and and I would have Mims quite a bit lower. But, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, you're just chasing volume.
2: Yeah, I'm also fading Mims. I'm probably not going to end up with any shares, even though I do like Darnold and kind of the key for Darnold being successful probably is MEMS being successful this year. So, right. you know, kind of a catch 22 there. But we'll move on to an- another pair of wide receivers, uh, Michael Pittman and Brian Edwards. Like like you just said, I believe Pittman is definitely going higher than this two Oh four pick that he's going right here. I haven't really seen him fall past two Oh two. And so I I think he's being a tad overvalued right now. Uh, Kind of a later career breakout. He's an older prospect, Uh, but, but he's going to Indy, which is an intriguing landing spot. They did add Campbell in the second round last year. So this back-to-back here is adding a second rounder and Hilton has had his health issues, obviously. So I think this is an okay spot for him. I don't think he's super overvalued, super undervalued. Uh, I think he's just kind of meh here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pittman?
3: Yeah, I think I think he gets the kind of the USC treatment. They haven't really had the a great quarterback of late or any sort of quarterback play. Um, so I, I think we can kind of blame a little bit on that. Obviously, he's not you know he's not Juju or anything like that. Um, but we saw Jalen Rager go super early and he continues to go super early in these dynasty drafts. And he had a quarterback that I don't think had an actual arm connected to his body. So uh yeah, I mean I think Pittman's probably right there again with Ayuk and Higgins. You know, he's he's that late first, early second, depending on the way things fall. Uh I honestly probably talent wise and, and taking Brian Edwards. I think he's a great value. in this mid second, you know, he got drafted in the third round solely because of the injury. We were talking what two years ago that Brian Edwards is the wide receiver one in this class. And now all of a sudden he's a mid second in these drafts because where he was drafted and due to injury, honestly for the money, give me Edwards in Oakland over anyone that they have anyone that they drafted. I'd rather have him than rugs. He you know, that whoever else, um, Lynn Bowden, doesn't do anything for me. Tyrell Williams, I'm pretty sure, is going to be in a body cast all year. Uh, And then you just have to fade Darren Waller. And, I mean, Edwards could genuinely put up big, big boy numbers, wide receiver two-type numbers. Yeah, I mean, this this is a nice, cushy part of having those early seconds or even mid-seconds at this point where you can get one of these four wide receivers and even if you wanted to throw like LaVisca Chenault, who we'll talk about in a minute, into that group, I mean, that's a really nice group of fairly cheap guys that really could produce.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I do like Edwards a lot. I haven't really gotten too many shares yet. I think it's more just a matter of not being in the right place at the right time. Uh, but I, I do like him in that mid-second round. Now, let's let's do this. Let's talk about a few of the the running backs at once here um there's a bit a bit of a cluster of running backs we have zach moss third round of the, from the bills we have antonio gibson third round to the uh, washington and aj Dillon and Darrenton Evans. so we have four running backs here uh what, which one is your favorite of this bunch and which one do you think is the most overvalued at this stage
3: well I, I think i'll just to start with where you ended the most overvalued i think is zach moss Singletary's still there i think at At best case scenario, it's a 1A, 1B. You know, Moss is fine, but again, you're talking about mid to late third round running backs that historically don't pan out. Uh, A.J. Dillon's probably my favorite of the group. I think he would have been my favorite of the group pre-draft, pre-combine even. And then goes to a halfway decent situation where they don't seem overly committed to Aaron Jones. He's going to be looking for a contract. Obviously, Jamal Williams is still there and you know they bring in kind of a a better jamal williams and aj Dillon, and they take him in the second round and you know everyone was kind of questioning what what green bay is doing in the draft and whatever but you take him in the second he's going to be used he's not just being taken to be depth i mean that's you're going to use him there um i do like gibson and i like darrington evans quite a bit i think those are more your swiss army knife your kind of uh, Curtis Samuel esque type guys. I think Gibson's going to get a good amount of run. I think we saw uh, Chris Thompson succeed in Washington. Uh, and I think we can expect something similar from Gibson. Yet, yeah, I mean, they don't have a clear cut back that's going to do everything. You know, AP is 116 years old. Who knows what's happening there? Darius Geis, who knows if he can be healthy and be on the field? And gibson's i mean honestly right there with those guys as far as you know ability obviously at this point for adrian peterson because he's 100 years old but i mean gibson can do a lot for you and i I like him in this area too and and evans you know derrick henry's not a big ball catcher so you're just looking for for more more guys for ryan Tannehill at this point to get the ball to obviously Corey davis didn't really pan out the way we wanted a.j brown turned into a superstar and hopefully we see Jonathan Smith take on a little bit of a role, but um, I think Evans can can kind of be that Deion Lewis to Derrick Henry uh, the way we saw.
2: Yeah, my favorite value of this group is Dylan. I, I think that he has the most like workhorse type ability. Aaron Jones is the uh, pending free agent, and I don't really think you spend a second-round pick on a running back if you plan on re-signing a running back looking for a, a big deal. So, I mean, certainly – A.J. Dillon's not going to be the only running back in Green Bay in 2021, but I think he's going to be the lead one at the very least to start. So I think he's in a good situation there, whether it's Rodgers and then leading into the Jordan Love era like that. That could be a good offense for a long time. Um, So uh, and. I've strangely gotten a few Zach Moss shares, but that's because I've gotten him at like 25 overall, not at 18 overall.
3: Um, yeah, so. the, the 18 is is weird to me. I think some people are way too high on him, and that I think the people that are too high on him are the people that don't think Singletary's any good. Um, and I think you'll start to see him slowly slide down the board more than anything. I don't think I think that's his highest he can be is that 16, 17, 18 range. He's not. I, I, there's no way you can take him past that. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, just looking at the numbers in, in front of us, he went 12 in one draft, 13 in another draft, and then after 20 or later in one, two, three, four, f- five, he, so 20 or later in six drafts at 12 or 13 in two drafts, so it kind of confuses the numbers there. But as far as the, the one I'm confused by the most, it's Gibson. I, I feel like fantasy Twitter has latched on to Antonio Gibson and kind of presumed him to be this like locked-in starter for Washington. I am not in love with any of the guys there: Peyton Barber, Darius Guys, Adrian Peterson. I know I'm missing like five guys. They only have 14
3: running backs on the roster.
2: They, they have, I think they legitimately have 10. And I, I'm not confident that Gibson puts his way into like a fantasy relevant role. And I think that he kind of has to do that in year one in order to like avoid being like end of the roster cut type guy.
3: I think they find a role for him. I don't think it's going to be purely running back. Uh, obviously, we see that position change. I think I think he's going to be used as more of the slot type, uh, with a little bit of backfield role. But I don't think he'll be exclusively used as as a running back or from the backfield. I think they'll they'll move him all around.
2: All right. And next we will go kind of back up the board to Laviska Chenault. Uh, this is a guy that has been a bit polarizing with his injury concerns and his landing spot. Some people don't really love Jacksonville as a spot, but there's some opportunity there. DJ Chark is the wide receiver one, but they don't have much else at, from a receiving perspective. They have Tyler Eifert at tight end. They have Fournette, who's not much. I mean, he's been getting some volume at, at, at running back and receptions, but it's not like he's a good receiving running back in <laughs> out of the backfield so chanel he, he's also uh you know a debo samuel type that's gonna be able to get his, his yards both through the air and on the ground so lots of ways to use lavisca chanel and I, I think that he's a solid solid value if he's going this late in the second round at 19
3: yeah for me he's very similar to brian edwards I mean, we were i mean however high on him a lot of people he was in the top three wide receivers uh pre-injury and and you know the the concerns are there. I get it. Again, it's somebody who's fallen down the board, and even I mean he still was a second rounder technically, even though they were. I think mean, comp picks aren't is that a comp pick that he went at two forty two. So yeah. Okay, so I mean yeah, it's you know thir- early third, late second, whatever you want to call it. It's still decent draft capital. He's, he's a good oh, player. Oh no, wait, hold on. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a comp well, it's, pick.
2: How are there? There's not there's not comp picks in the second round.
3: I think there are, aren't they? I oh, know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. They they use decent capital on him. Um DJ Chark, yeah, clear wide receiver one. I think D.D. Westbrook and LaViska Chenault can exist together with DJ Chark. Uh obviously we you know, we don't really one hundred percent know if Gardner Minshew is the guy, but for now he is, and he put on a show last year. I feel like this offense is gonna be just fine. I like the addition of Chenault because that kind of takes you away from having to lean on Fournette, who's whatever the opposite of efficient is, he's that. A lot of people are falling back in love with like Ryclaw Armstead for some reason, who they tried to love on last year, and I think he caught like a half of a pass. Uh, So I think between Chenault and and Didi, you're going to see a lot more of the underneath stuff, the intermediate, the shorter routes covered. And they'll use less of passing to the backfield because it felt more like that was their bread and butter, getting away from Fournette and only leaning on him for for between the tackles. Um, not to say that Fournette can't, it just he's not as efficient as most of the other backs catching a lot of passes. So uh, I do like Chenault. I, I think again he's right there with you know the Pittmans, the Edwards, maybe not quite with Ayuk, but. I mean, he's, he's there for me because of the talent. It's the injury concern. So he's probably at the back of the tier, but I mean, he's the real, he can play. He's, he's definitely the real deal.
2: And we'll wrap up the show with a pair of second round wide receivers. We have chase Claypool to the Pittsburgh Steelers and KJ Hamler to the Denver Broncos. I will talk KJ Hamler because I unexpectedly are, I'm going to have more shares of KJ Hamler than anybody on the planet. I don't think I've left a rookie draft without him. Uh, I think it's absolutely bananas that people are letting the uh, 17th pick in the second round at running back or wide receiver fall to the third round of rookie draft. Don't understand it getting it for pennies on the dollar in auctions. And yes, you can say that he is the third wide receiver in in an offense that hasn't proven to be good yet. But I, I think more than anything, like, that offense is just going to be ridiculously good. Um, it might take a while for KJ Hammer to be quote-unquote startable, a guy who you can rely on week-to-week, week, but his his upside in a very potent offense is very high.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to go there. I think his upside is a four-out-of-16-week best ball asset. I mean, you get the he's, – he's poor man's Henry Ruggs is what he is. You you're you're hoping that he becomes a he becomes an outlier because those guys historically again, go back to the historical data, don't succeed. Not as fantasy assets. It doesn't mean that he can't be a good NFL player, which I think KJ Hamler will be a much better NFL player, more useful in those terms, keeping that defense honest, but I don't think he has the physical tools to be a really good NFL wide receiver. He's fast and that's about it. He's a Penn state cyborg that we've been seeing from, from Penn state over the last few years because their, their strength program is nuts. I think he's a great athlete. I don't think he's a great football player, but they might be able to turn him into one. I just don't think it's going to be great for fantasy. Uh, Claypool, you know, with the ties to Pittsburgh, and how they draft wide receiver the last 15 years or so. They've been pretty darn good at it. You know, I'm certainly intrigued. That's really nice draft capital. I think he showed enough at Notre Dame. Again, someone that struggled because he didn't really have much for a quarterback. But there's a lot there, and there's a lot to like. I thought they would make the push to transition him to tight end, but... It's not the worst thing in the world to have a big body wide receiver on the outside to work with Juju. Uh, I think it's something that Juju desperately needs. We are going to see that offense hopefully return to form if Ben can stay healthy, at least for 2020. But it could very, look very different soon. I mean, realistically, if Ben's gone, maybe they don't extend Juju. Who knows? it It could be it could be Claypool and Deontay Johnson and James Washington for all we know.
2: Yeah, I I haven't found myself as infatuated with Claypool as I have Hamler, uh, but I, you could ar- make the argument he has the easier route to targets with really just Juju in front of him, um, you know James Washington and you know whatever else is going Johnson on. Deontay in- Johnson, Deontay p- yeah. Johnson, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm not I'm not as like oh put him at tight end, put him at tight end. Like if you're putting him at tight end, you're putting him at you know, the Evan Ingram version of tight end. Yeah, not, not yeah really you go big end.
3: slot. That's all you do. You go big slot. That's, I mean, it's not a genuine tight end. I just thought they'd make that transition. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, that be, I mean, it, I, I think it would have been done already. Granted, I think NFL this year has been doing it differently. It used to be they did a world. I think now they're just listening to, to teams because when the Raiders said, Hey, Lynn Bowden's a running back. NFL's like, okay, Lynn Bowden's <laughs> a running back. Right. Right. All right. That should wrap us up for this week. We'll probably get into some sleepers next week, maybe play a game or two. Uh, if, if you have any guests you want us to have on, I've said this a few times and no one has said a single guest. So I guess they really just want to hear us yap for, you know, they just, they just love us.
3: They love us. That's all it is. They love us.
2: They love us. We love them. Insert Barney song here. Uh, make sure to rate, subscribe, Leave a review and uh, support all of our uh, awesome sponsors, Blue Wire, Blue Chew, and Bet Online. And uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Kudos!
3: Circle back.